you've got it or find it in your phone, your Bible app, and go to one verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's the chapter about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to move past all the text about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and go down to the end of the chapter. That one verse right before the end, verse 28. 1 Corinthians 12 and 28. And I got a message going to bless you this morning. It'll just encourage you. And it's, um, it's, it's a blessing and I think it's also a recruitment message. It's so wonderful when the Lord moves in worship and hearts are open. Boy, that's when you want to have that recruitment message. Amen. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians 12 and 28. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps administrations, various kinds of tongues. Back up to helps. Everyone say helps. helps. So listed among the ministries of apostles, the ministries of prophets, ministries of teachers, ministries of laying hands on the sick, raising the dead, miracles, all of these other things, all these great supernatural ministries, is these, this ministry helps, and it's first cousin administrations, government administrations, helps. Listen, before I get into this, would anyone like to just real fast, just venture a quick stab? What do you think helps is about? The ministry of help. Somebody? Service. Service, support, anything else? Support, service, good. Um, I think that's pretty right on. Um, let me put it into a phrase for you, and we're going to, we're going to think about it like this. The ministry of helps is what I'm preaching about this morning. And the ministry of helps in the church, God has established, He said it in the church, is organized helpers assisting the church's function. Organized helpers assisting the function of the church. So whatever the function of the church is, whether you're thinking about... Um, Matthew tw um, uh, 28, you know, that talks about go into all the world and make disciples. Or whether you're talking about uh, teaching and uh, nurturing and um, uh, mentoring new believers. Um, whether you're talking about uh, ministering in any capacity whatsoever. Whatever the function of the church is, it depends upon what we call the ministry of helps. The ministry of helps are teams of organized helpers to assist in the church's function. Now, <clears throat> the ministry of helps covers things, if you're wondering. I'll just throw a few of them out there. Greeters. Some of you were greeted by, by our greeters this morning when you came in. Greeters, ushers, communion, servers, housekeeping, ministry, security, um, property maintenance, music ministry, audio and visual ministry. There's all sorts of things going on that require supports, not just all what you, you might refer to as spiritual ministry. And really, any other support 
that is necessary for the spiritual ministry or spiritual life of the church to flow and to function, that ministry is called the ministry of helps. Maybe in, like I said, certain specialized areas, but all of them come under that heading. Listen, I, I have this picture up behind me because I want you to visualize this morning the model of the planted tree, the planted tree. Now, you'll notice that I didn't just put a picture of the above ground tree, which is what we usually think of when we, if I were to say to you tree, you would never think of visualizing a root system, you would just see that tree. But there's the whole tree, that's the whole tree. There's the tree above ground, then there's the tree underground. It takes all of that to make a tree. So in this cutaway of a planted tree, the trunk and the branches are above ground, and the root system, everyone say root system. Root system is underground and obviously supporting the tree that is above ground. Now, we're actually looking at a picture of the world and the church, the tree, planted in the world. That's the imagery that we're using this morning. So the world consists of two realms. There is the spiritual realm and there is the physical realm. Both realms form the world. So the world has a spiritual side, it has an invisible spiritual side, and it has a very visible natural side. So the above ground picture is the spiritual realm of life, and the below ground represents the physical realm of life. Most people, most of the time, most of their life, live underground. They live in the physical world, are in contact with the physical world, think in the physical world, relate in the physical world, and once in a while, you know, pop, pop their head up above ground into the spiritual realm. But the, the physical realm is highly affected by the spiritual realm. You have only but to read the Gospels to see Jesus interacting with people helping, delivering, healing, and you could see that the spiritual activity in the world had a great impact on the physical condition of people living in it. So, that's the picture that you're looking at. Above ground, spirit realm, below ground, physical realm. The church exists in both realms. And it absolutely must exist in both realms or it could not exist in either realm. So when a church is planted, when a church is planted either as a seed or as a seedling is transplanted, either case, when a church is planted, it roots its ministries down into the physical world and it also grows its ministries up into the spiritual realm. That is the planting of a healthy church. You get the idea? You can't have one without the other. Uh, imagine a shallowly planted tree or a tree that's just set on the ground. It's not going to last long. A tree that is either very shallowly planted or just simply taken out and set down on the ground is going to do what? It's going to fall over and die. Let me say it again. A church, a tree that is just simply everything is all about the spiritual stuff of the ministry, that's where all the emphasis is, and it's just set on the ground without a root system taking root, it will fall, it will wither up, and it will die. Now, you've probably figured out because you're a sharp crowd this morning, 
that the ministry of helps is the root system. That's the underground. That's the church that is in contact with and very much planted deep into the physical world. And it's how the spiritual ministries of the church remain connected to the physical world. The ministry of helps connects the spiritual work and ministry and life of the church with the physical world. And that's when you have a planted church. The church is not planted if there's not a functioning, well-established ministry of helps gripping the physical world around it. I don't care how many prophets, apostles, how great the teaching, how great the prayer and intercession, none of those things will have any impact on the physical world if it's not being connected by the ministry of helps. Give you a classic example out of the book of Acts when the church was first birthed. Acts chapter 6 verses 2 through 4 says, And the twelve apostles summoned the full number of the disciples and said, Now that full number was, we know, at least 8,000 people. It was actually more than that, but 3,000 had got saved on the day of Pentecost. 5,000 a few days later. So when they had a 120 in the upper room, and I think they probably picked up a few people on the way. This was days after, just days after the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost. So you're talking about probably eight to 10,000 people. So the apostles, 12 of these guys, handpicked by the Lord, anointed with the Holy Spirit. Obviously, they weren't the only ones picked by the Lord or anointed by the Holy Spirit, but the 12 of them, they were the apostles. They had that authority. And the Bible says they called everyone, the full number of the disciples, called them together and said this, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Not because they were above serving tables. But if you look at the model, you can see why. If they have to serve tables, why it's not a good thing. So listen, therefore, brothers, select out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And they picked seven guys, and the apostles laid their hands on them, and they commissioned them or ordained them as the deacons or the heads of the various ministries of helps to take care of all the physical things that had to be taken care of in the material world where the church sought to have an impact. So, let me give you, um, let me share with you just a, a, a thought or two. As a result, by the way, of them ordaining the ministry of helps, Stephen, was one of the guys that was a deacon, was in the ministry of helps. Philip, the evangelist, was one of the people, and there were five others. And immediately following the verse that I read to you in Acts 6, it continues on and, and gives you a narrative that shows the result of what happened to the church as a result of establishing the ministry of helps. Let's continue it. These they set before the apostles... And the apostles prayed and laid their hands on them, and the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great 
many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs and miracles among the people. And Stephen, of course, became the first martyr of the church, but God was using him mightily. Philip, the evangelist, his four daughters became prophetesses, as in pro prophetess is. And you could see supernatural anointing just continued. The Word of God continued to grow. And the responsibility, the credit, if you will, for that increased anointing and for the continued ministry of the Word is not laid exclusively or even primarily at the feet of the apostles, but it is laid primarily at the feet of the ministry of helps who enabled the apostles to continue to do the work. And the, the multiplica multiplication continued. And not only that, these guys in the ministry of helps were healing the sick and raising the dead and preaching the gospel and signs and wonders were happening through them as well. So you can see this integration that took place. Now I want to emphasize the idea that the ministry of helps not only helps, but in many ways it could be said that it causes those spiritual functions of the ministry to actually take place. And were those ministry of helps not there, those otherwise spiritual functions of the body that we tend to look at because they are above ground, so to speak, would not happen. And a classic example is found in Exodus, in the Old Testament, chapter 17, verses 10 through 15. And it's the story of Moses, who's now old, but he still has the rod of God that he had used in the courts of Pharaoh. And they're there traveling through the wilderness, and they're just being dogged by the, the Amalekites. The Amalekites keep attacking them. They just keep having skirmishes and battles, and the uh, uh, Amalekites are wanting to wipe Israel out. And so Moses tells Joshua, I want you to assemble an army, and let's just deal with these guys. Let's go after them. Let's deal with them. And in fact, God had put on his heart and spoke to him, I want you to deal with the Amalekites. So he engages, that is Joshua, engages the Amalekites in a valley, and they are in the pitch of a battle. I mean, they are going at it. And up on the mountaintop, overlooking the valley, where the battle is taking place is the elderly Moses. And the Bible says that every time Moses would raise his hands with the rod of God in his hand, the Israelites would win, and the battle would go in their favor. But he kept getting tired. He couldn't hold his hands up. And when his hands would come down with the rod of God in his hands, the battle would turn, and the Amalekites would begin to win, and they'd start beating. And so the battle is going back and forth depending on Moses' ability to keep that rod lifted up, that same rod he had lifted up over the Red Sea when God parted the Red Sea. So his, his sign, his use of that spiritual gift, of that anointing, lifting it up, was, had a very important function. They were either winning or losing the battle. And so when he could no longer hold his hands up, his two assistants his two ministers of helps, Aaron and her, got a big old stone, rolled it over, said, come on, pops, sit down right here. It's going to be all right. And they set him down on the stone. 
And they said to one another, you get on one side, I'll get on the other side, and let's lift the, let's, let's hold his hands up for him. He can't hold them up. He doesn't have the strength. You see, it didn't really matter whether he physically, personally had the strength to hold those hands up. That's not what God was looking at. God was looking at, I need to see those hands up, and I need to see that staff lifted up over the Amalekites. However you get it done, the staff's got to be in the hand of Moses, and it's got to be lifted up over the battle. Symbolism speaks for itself. So Aaron and Hur said, let's make it happen. That's the war cry of the Ministry of Helps. Let's make it happen. And they got one on one arm and one on the other, and they lifted up the hands of Moses, and Joshua put the Amalekites out of business. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Now, when the battle was all over with, Moses made an altar using that rock he was sitting on and made an offering unto the Lord and dedicated that spot, and he gave it a special name. We use that name today an awful lot. Guess what he called that place where the two ministers of helps lifted up his hands? He called that place Jehovah Nisi, which in Hebrew is the Lord is my banner. If you ever wondered, well, what does that mean, the Lord is my banner? You think of Moses holding the rod of God, the anointing. The presence of God is, was represented by that rod. That rod was just his walking stick many years before. And, and uh, when he said, well, I don't know about all this you're telling me and, and what you're wanting me to do, God. And God said, well, throw down your rod. And you know how the power of God entered in. And it became the rod of God ever since. So he's lifting that thing up. And he names the place Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. People, if it hasn't dawned on you yet this morning, the Lord is our banner because the ministry of helps lifts up the spiritual authority and spiritual functions of the church. No Aaron in her, no ministry of helps, no Jehovah Nisi. Are you listening to me? Do you understand? We are, have been so, we have been uh, so uh, falling short of grasping what it really means to succeed in the things of God because we think that it's all about whoever's praying, whoever's interceding, whoever is prophesying, and all those teaching, preaching, are wonderful things, they're important things, but the reality is that it is the ministry of helps that connects those ministries to the actual battles that are going on in life. If you want to win as a church, if you want to fulfill your ministry, you can't do it without the ministry of helps. I don't care if you've got Moses for a pastor, you can't do it without the ministry of helps. One more time, I don't care if Moses is your pastor. I don't care if Peter, James, and John are your apostles. No ministry of helps. Those guys are going to be cleaning tables and nothing's going to happen. No church. There'll just be a lot of anointed ministries running around all over the place trying to get something going. So the Lord put the ministry of helps into the church. Let me say something else about the Ministry of Helps, just kind of another analogy. We all know what advertisements are. We watch them. They're called commercials on television. And uh, advertisements relate the quality and the nature of a thing. That's what an advertisement does. That's the job of an advertisement. 
is to, um, is to present the appeal of something, to present the nature, to present the quality. This cheeseburger, this is the cheeseburger you want. Have you, where, where else can you get seven patties, eight layers of cheese, a half a pound of bacon, and then onion strings on top of it? Now I'm preaching, that's right. So the point is, advertisements, they relate the quality and the nature of a thing. We could say that advertisements are the outer wrapping or the front door of a thing. They are the outer wrapping. They are the thing that attracts people to buy it, take a bite, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, the ministry of helps, really, it's not the preacher, it's not the, the, you know, the music, or it's not some of these other things. Let me tell you, and by the time I'm finished this morning, hopefully I'll get you convinced, the ministry of helps advertises the church. Let me tell you, more people walk into a church, think, oh, you know, kind of like the music, preaching was all right, that was good, I kind of got that, but... It's more often than not that it is the ministry of helps that they had direct connection with, that, that contact with a greeter, that involvement they had you know, with the ushers or the greeters or people laboring in the ministry, either by direct contact or just seeing how those people interacted and took possession of their church. You walk out knowing this is not an institution, this is... It's all hands on deck. This is a family. Everyone's involved. This church is everybody, not just a brand supported somehow, somewhere with an audience. So church is not a brand with an audience. Church is what? It is a family of believers and everybody's working. Praise the Lord. So it's the body of Christ that glorifies Christ, not the preachers. Somebody say amen. You get the general idea. Now, let me uh, share with you a few exhortations. Here's some just practical admonitions or exhortations. In a small church like ours, just about everybody's in the ministry of helps. Um, so here are some, here are some uh, exhortations for you. Now, bear in mind as I share this list with you that you are the, as I just said, that you are the advertisement of the church. So as a model of God's grace, because that's what you are, whether from the greeters to the people that are helping in the parking lot or whatever, handling children, um, as a model of God's grace to everyone from unsaved people that the church encounters to new believers to old senior members, you as that advertisement, as the ministry of helps, must be an inspiration through your service. It is the strongest advertising campaign that a church has is its own ministry of helps. Weak or non-existent ministry of helps, I don't care if you spend a million dollars, you're not going to have a strong church. You'll have the tree dies, falls over. So here is some exhortation pointers to the ministry of helps. Number one, draw other people into prayer. Nobody is in a position 
better than the person in the ministry of helps to inspire others they interact with out in the lobby or around the sanctuary, around the church, to pray. You are around people circulating among them, and people are constantly saying, how did it go this week? Well, oh boy, let me tell you. Let the minister of helps be the one who says, let's pray. You are in the perfect position to inspire contact with God. Let everyone see that everyone in the ministry of helps is connected to the Lord and that you advertise and draw others into prayer. Number two, church isn't perfect. You and I are part of it. It may have been until we showed up, but it's not perfect. So because church isn't perfect, there's going to be a lot of faults you're going to see. When you deal with church, you deal with people. When you're dealing with people, you're you're going to deal with a lot of silliness and foolishness from time to time. And so because church isn't perfect, you as the church's advertisement, you as the minister of helps, the one who Aaron and her holds up the hands, guess what? Point to Jesus. Your number one focus, point to Jesus. Don't get involved in divisions. Don't get involved in taking sides. Don't help people complain. Point to Jesus. If you're in the ministry of helps, help. Point to Jesus. Don't help them gripe. Number three, respect everybody. Respect everybody. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. The ministry of helps should exemplify respect everybody. Number four, never be too big to do small things. Never be too big to do small things. The sign of Jesus Christ, who left his throne in eternity, left his glory, condescended to the lowest point on earth, he is an example of never being too big to do small things. Great things come out of small things. And be big enough for correction, but small enough to change. The next, be big enough for correction. Stand up to correction. Take correction. Don't be offended. Be an example of someone who truly is of uh, a moldable lump of clay in the master's hand on the potter's wheel. And be small enough to make those changes. The next, very practical, don't arrive to church on time. I know we're always telling people church starts at 10 o'clock, arrive on time. Minister of Helps, do not arrive to church on time. Arrive early. It says a lot, I'm just going to say, and it's not like, oh, I don't have to serve today, I'm off. No, you be the person, I'm there early. I'm going to get a good seat. Haven't you looked? There's a lot of empty seats. I don't care. There's one I want. I'm going to be there early. (laughs) Here's the next one. Demonstrate how loyalty and commitment go beyond personal feelings. Conduct yourself in such a way that people will see that loyalty and commitment are above how you feel. Because the Lord is worthy. Do all that you do as unto the Lord. The next one, remember, you don't have to serve. People say, oh, I'm on today. 
Uh, I have to be there, at blah, 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 whatever the case is. You don't have to serve. You get to serve. And finally, here's my wrap-up exhortation for you. Have fun. Share your joy. Have fun. Whatever it is, whatever you're doing, if you're policing up the garbage in the yard, if you've got bathroom duty, whatever it is that you are doing, do it and have fun. Enjoy. Let your joy be seen. And, and I say all these things again, going back with the preface, that you're the advertisement of the church. Be the model of God's grace to everyone, understanding that's how we connect with the world, by being having those qualities and characteristics. Now, in Luke chapter 19, verse 13, the Bible, this is Jesus speaking, says he called his ten servants. This is one of Jesus' primary parables. Um, he called his ten servants, Jesus said, and delivered to them ten pounds and said to them four great words. Anybody remember what they were? He called the ten servants, gave them ten pounds and said to them, Occupy until I come. Occupy until I come. That is something he said not to just the apostle or the prophet or the pastor or the teacher, but to everybody. We should all live our life engaged in multiplying the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. And let me say this to you, to the extent that your lives are not engaged and occupied with the business of winning the lost or ministering to your families, uh, mentoring new believers, or ministering to the body of Christ, your energies will be taken up with the things of the world. Not necessarily sin or rebellion, but just the things of the world. We are going to hit heaven with some tears. I will. You will. I'm just telling you right now. The Bible says when that scene first opens up and John uh, in the book of Revelation goes up to heaven, the Bible says there's all those millions and millions of people that are there that the Lord has welcomed into paradise. And the first thing that happens is the Bible says he wipes away their tears. What are people doing crying in heaven? Because the first thing that happens is they get there and realize, oh my God, I thought everything I was doing was so important. I spent so much time and there's all this blank area in my life where nothing was really of any eternal worth or eternal value was going on. So I'm a big proponent. Be involved in the ministry of helps. Get involved in the ministry of helps. You say, I don't have time. Make time because it will bless and support everything else that's important in your life. So if you don't want the world to run and rule your life, serve in the Lord's church. Now, there is a blessing to being a servant in the house of God. And I'm going to close with sharing just three simple scriptures with you that talk about being a blessing. The servant in the house of God, the Lord has a special blessing for you. In Psalm 84.10, the psalmist said, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. And when he uses the phrase to dwell in the tents of the wicked, he's not talking about hanging out in the crack house. He's talking about living large and in charge. And there's nothing wrong with living large and in charge. But, he, but when he talks about dwelling in the tents of the wicked, he's making this contrast that um, I would rather 
greet people at the door in the house of God than to live in all those great uh, uh, fulfilled all those great fleshy desires and what the world says is so wonderful have a ton of money and live among the wicked I'd ra- why would I rather do that who in their right mind being honest you're in church you're going to say oh yes me too I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God but the truth is well I'd like to win publishers clearinghouse I'd like to be able to live in I'd like to have all that stuff and I'd like to be able to go here and jet around there and have these vacations and do all this stuff I mean who wouldn't I would I'm not going to lie about it so the fact is this, the reason he makes the contrast is I'd rather be in the ministry of helps than to be a big shot with money to burn, influence, fame, and fortune in the world. Why? Because everything you have in the world, you've got it, enjoy it, because it's going to be gone or you're going to be gone, and you can't take it with you. None of it's, temp- none of it's permanent, it's all temporal. None of it will translate into anything of eternal value. You're going to live 60, 70, 80, 90 years, maybe more, maybe less, I don't know. Some of you have already passed that, that mark. but um, You know, you're going to live a handful of years. But in eternity, you're going to exist and live as you for trillions and billions and eons without end. So... I guarantee you that what's going to be more important to you is how you enter the presence of God. So, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. And in the third scripture I'm going to share with you in a moment, you're going to see exactly why the psalmist said that. The next thing is, in Mark chapter 10 verse 45, it says of Jesus, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Minister of helps, in your ministry of helps, identify with Jesus, who is a servant in his mission. When he condescended from glory into this world, when he embraced us and met us, he met us as a servant. He came washing our feet, he came mollifying our bruises, healing our diseases, taking our iniquity on himself. He was a worker. He was a laborer. He never stops laboring, and right now he's laboring forever as our eternal intercessor. He, the Lord Jesus, is a servant. I'm telling you, if anybody was in the ministry of helps, Jesus had that flowing and functioning in his life. So as, a, as someone in the ministry of helps, you're identifying with Jesus, of whom it is said, he came not to be served, but to serve. In my final verse, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13. For those who have served well as deacons or in the ministry of helps, obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Jesus Christ. Wow, there it is. That's why I'd rather be a doorkeeper. That's why I'd rather be in the ministry of helps. Because whoever does that obtains for themselves a good standing. A good standing where? He's referring to Jesus' statement when Jesus was teaching his disciples and said to them, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, be the servant of all. Heather, remember that little song? I'll never forget a little children's song 
when you were just a little girl and we'd plug that tape in? Now some of you are probably thinking, what's plugging a tape in? But at any rate, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, be the servant of all. Be the servant of all. That's what Jesus said. So he's talking about the kingdom, which has a reference to eternity. So you are purchasing or obtaining for yourself a great standing when you stand in the house of God as a doorkeeper, as someone who is laboring, someone who is serving. Don't ever think that as being an Aaron or a Her that you have no connection with all the souls that are getting saved and the teaching and the preaching and the gifts and the spiritual ministry that is happening in the spirit realm because the fact of the matter is just like Aaron and her, you are the very reason why it is happening. And it wouldn't be happening were it not for you. Amen? Amen. So, faithfully serving the church brings great stature in the kingdom of God. And finally... He ends that phrase by saying, and great boldness in the faith. I had to really, that was a head scratcher. I had to think, what, is, what does Paul mean when he says that those that faithfully serve in the ministry of helps obtain for themselves great boldness in the faith? And I thought about it, and I just put myself in the position of the ministry of helps. I just thought about, well, you know, the, being a doorkeeper, for example, in the house of God, or just, just being involved in the ministry. I realize that what he's talking about is the fact that when you are serving in the ministry of helps, you have an elevated, heightened sense, not in the sense of pride, but just in the sense of clarity and sharpness. You have an elevated, sharpened sense of ownership in the body of Christ. You don't come in feeling like, so when you come in, you have no connection. You just breeze in, breeze out. You just, the, the only thing you get is you get whatever you get out of the message or the, the worship and you go. But those that serve in the minister of helps get so much more. There is a familiarity with God. There is a kind of sense of ownership that I am intricately involved in the kingdom and I possess the power of ambassadorship. I am an ambassador of the body of Christ. And so it naturally produces greater faith when you are serving Bobby in the ministry of helps you just have that heightened sense of confidence and boldness you know you are the advertisement for God you know that you are the steward of the of the God of the house and not just the house of God so close your Bible and stand with me this morning